despite overwhelming odds stacked against me in John Cena's hometown. I emerge from SummerSlam victorious. Son of a bitch. I am still your WWE champion. I think we should remove the last remnants of John Cena with a, a beautiful burial at sea. And so ends the era of John Cena. Please welcome a new era, an era that's rated R. Come on, John Cena! John Cena coming to get a piece of it! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Manners Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo Aaron Lloyd. Um, sorry for being a little late, you guys. Uh, something came up, but I wanted to get this episode to, out to you as soon as possible. So, as always, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to head over to WhatAManeuver.net for your Matt Madness gear, and go to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMadness for 10% off your order. So... This week's all about Unforgiven 2006. You're going to get two episodes this week, and this is the first one. So for the past, for the past few weeks, we've been me and Eric have been kind of talking about this, and he didn't want to talk about it, but I'm not sure next time he's going to be on. So I kind of wanted to 
give my thoughts on You Cannot Kill David Arquette. I thought it was a real excellent documentary. I thought it was done very well. It's an amazing redemption story. I would give it a showstopper. It is amazing and an excellent watch. Uh, so if you want to, if you don't want to hear spoilers, I would recommend them fast forward in a few minutes. So I'm going to say it's a spoiler warning right now. So the movie starts with Mr. Kennedy, of all people, cutting a promo and then goes to a compilation of YouTube YouTubers discussing David Arquette winning WCW title. And first of all, I want to say this right now. If you're only 25 years old and you're talking about this shit, get the fuck out of here. I don't, I don't understand. Y'all, y'all was not outside, so and y'all was in bed. What the hell y'all know about this? Y- y'all were not around. Y- y'all didn't see none of this. So how how are you comment? Why 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 do I see people on YouTube that, and their beard don't connect and they talk about this? Like no, fam, no, no. There's, there's a reason you'll never hear me or anybody on the show discuss world class early NWA because we didn't live it. So it was before our time and we didn't live it. So how can we actually speak on it knowledgeably? Anyway, back to the review. So if anybody wants to find out what X gonna look like in eight, 16 years, it's David Arquette. I said that last week as well. So we had interviews with Vince Russo, Ric Flair, DDP, his ex-wife Courtney Cox, and that might be an understatement because his current wife looks exactly like Courtney Cox. It's it's really insane. A lot of times when you watch this, you actually think that his wife is Courtney Cox. So the documentary starts with him discussing how wrestling killed his career, his acting career, and how he's become, uh, how he was a, a big up and coming actor at the time. But they showed him like covering a magazine with, I believe, Brad Pitt and Will Smith. He was in, on a magazine cover with a lot of good company, and he talked about his addiction and talked about how he wants to get the stitch off of what he did 20 years ago with the wrestling fans. And throughout the video movie, they're showing wrestling fans just shit on David Arquette and talk about how much they despise him and. Uh, a lot of people in the business, they actually took the David Arquette side, and a lot of it was out of his control, and we all, we, we all have to understand that. Like, DDP says, hey, if you're told you're going to win the world title, are you really going to say no? I know a lot of people really wouldn't. So, he tries to get on his indie show, hosted by Brian Knobs of the Nasty Boys, and Knobs won't let him on the indie show, it ends up in a confrontation at the bar, and then so, fast forward a little bit, David ends up in a backyard fed, and even the guys in the backyard fed, they hold some resentment towards him, saying they're going to teach him a lesson and what wrestling's really about. And David Arquette actually really holds his own here. We see a lot of DDP at a certain point in this in this documentary, uh, really hampering in that DDP yoga. And we also see like David Arquette with the doctors, and the doctors telling him what he can and cannot do, and what his body's doing at the time. So he goes to find DDP, loses, gets in shape, and loses all this weight. He also travels to Mexico to train with the Luchadors and. I had no idea that this was actually a thing, but street wrestling, like in between green lights in Mexico, they'll wrestle in between the lights for tips. And I thought that was really interesting to actually not know because I never knew that or heard anybody ever saying that. So he really gets to start, he really starts to earn his stripes and starts training on the internet, on TMZ pretty often, and the fans start to take to him. And there was a show here in Philly, it was a House of Hardcore show where we actually saw him team up with RJ City during his redemption tour. He actually did a really good job, and we were really impressed, and he really won the crowd over. He gave his apology as well. And they also discussed, like, the death match with Nick Gage that really hit mainstream because Gage, bas- Gage basically tried to kill David Arquette, I believe, with a light bulb. He tried to, he screwed a, ne- a, a, light, a, a light bulb into his neck 
or something like that. He had to be rushed to the hospital. He was with one of his best friends, Luke Perry. We got a, we had to get a Luke Perry side and one of his best friends in this documentary as well. And he took how how he took his death. But it was an excellent documentary. I highly recommend watching it. Uh, it also shows his obsession with the Macho Man Elizabeth and the mat. The show, the movie ends with him facing off Mr. Kennedy to culminate perfectly from the beginning to end. And his love for Macho Man Elizabeth pays off in the end. It's a it's a beautiful ending, I think, for his love of wrestling. So I highly re- I highly recommend watching it. You cannot kill David Arquette. It's available on Apple TV and on-demand services, but I highly recommend watching it. Now, as far as the weekly stuff, I'm not caught up on everything. Uh, Roman Reigns continues to shine. Bailey and Sasha Banks, I thought both their sit-downs were actually good for progression. Perfect heel work from Bailey and for attacking Banks this past week on SmackDown. The Hurt Business looked like complete badasses on Raw. Uh, just fucking Retribution up. <laughs> it was so great. Come off with the suits, take the jackets over, just destroy Retribution. And... A big takeaway I want to talk about too is Zelina Vega interning herself with Oscar because her tag team of Andrade and Angel Garza they've been they've been horrible. They don't do anything. They don't win. So she's like, you know what? I could wrestle too. So I think that Zelina Vega facing Oscar will actually be very interesting going forward because a lot of people forget that Zelina Vega can wrestle and she can handle this carry this feud on the microphone and it's something new and different. And I'm actually looking forward to this. So. With, with no further ado, Unforgiven 2006, if you've never been with us before, we will play for you our rating system. <laughs> the following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. Alright, thank you, Howard. So, Unforgiven 2006. I'm going to give this a high slobber knocker. 2006 was a strange time within the company. If anybody stopped watching during this time, I don't blame you because for the next three to four years, WWE really wasn't nothing, wasn't knocking anybody's socks off. So, I don't blame anybody for stop watching. Me, personally, I moved to Delaware in 2005 and, you know... I'm an introvert, so I don't really, like, like if I fuck with you, I fuck with you. So, like, Delaware, I was like, when I moved here, I was like, eh, we're good. Uh, I don't I don't care for you. Yeah, I don't I don't know about you. No, I'm good. So, make, so, like, basically, like, me making friends and new, making new friends and being in a new city, I didn't really adjust. So, I stuck to things that I knew, and wrestling was one thing I knew. And it kind of reignited my love for wrestling. Not that I was fading out, but I just got I just dug deeper in my love of wrestling when I moved to Delaware. So like I said, 2006 was a very strange year. Um there's maybe a handful of stuff you miss from 2006 to 2010. Literally a handful. And uh Edge and John Cena, excellent feud, excellent rivalry. There is an untold on WWE network about these two. I still think this is the best singles men's TLC match. Trish getting her last moment at the time was a great send-off with her best friend Lita. DX and McMahon's Fun nonetheless. Uh, Randy Orton and Carlito, despite getting a short stick, they I thought they had an excellent match in their allotted time that they actually got. But Unforgiven 2006, Unforgiven's for me, they always seem to deliver as a whole. And 
I'm looking forward to jumping into the show. So we're going to start the show off right now with Johnny Nitro defending his Intercontinental Championship against Jeff Hardy. It's amazing to see both these men in better shape today than they were in 2006. Uh, John, Knight, John, John Morrison, he's a, a saint. <laughs> you know. Uh, Jeff Hardy, it's good to see that he's actually taken care of himself. He's overcome his demons. And allegedly, Molina is returning to the WWE. Um, in, in the near future, so that's it'll be interesting to actually see. So she's here with Nitro as well. Uh, I was of the pairing of Molina with Johnny Nitro. Molina, one of the best managers over the past 15 years because the manager in wrestling ha- has been pretty, I don't want to say it's dead, but it's pretty small, into, especially around that time. Jeff made his return the month prior, the night after SummerSlam. I thought this was a good match. They got a lot of time. Molina hits Jeff Hardy with her heel. When the ref is distracted for more for Johnny Nitro to retain the Intercontinental title. In the post match, we got a team extreme reunion with Matt, Jeff, and Lita. Now, this will be the last time that we see these three together forever. And I love the fact that Lita kind of roasts all three of them, saying Jeff's a screw up and Matt will never win a championship. So the only time we get to see Team Extreme together again is Lita roasting them because she's moved on to Edge and she's winning the she's the current women's champion at the time. The next match is Umaga. She's the undefeated Umaga at the time. He's going to face Kane. I loved Umaga. I thought that he was presented well. And I thought the pairing with Amandu Estrada did a lot for him. Umaga, you may have known him as Rosie, as underrated. I, I loved that team. I, I loved him in general. Uh, they pair him with Kane as a stepping stone. Now, this was a pretty good big man match. and Because Kane can work with anybody. And this match ends in a double count out. It was a good way of protecting both guys. Umaga would go on to face John Cena at New Year's Revolution and the Royal Rumble. And, of course, his star faded after he gets, after he loses his match to John Cena and to Bobby Lashley defending Vin, um, Vince McMahon's honor against Donald Trump, of all people. Fuck him. Um, next up, <laughs> we got the Spirit Squad defending their World Tag Team titles against the Highlanders. Now, there's a young Dolph Ziggler this match as Nikki, as you may remember. There's nothing here at all. The entire tag team division was horrible at this time. It was not a priority at all unless the main stars had the title. So there's nothing really to say here. The Spirit Squad retained their tag team titles. Next up was the Hell in a Cell match. DX versus McMahon's in the big show. Kudos to Vince McMahon in this match because he was no doubt the MVP for this match. Like the idea of Vince... (laughs) The idea of Vince trying to excruciate more pain on DX. When he has DX beat, he raises Shawn Michaels' heads off the canvas. Like, no, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give up more. <laughs> Vince, of all people, doing that. And uh, Shane Man's Coast to Coast, I'll never not pop for. But I really thought the McMahons played their roles well in this match. The Big Show did as well because the McMahons enlisted it in his help. Big Show is the ECW champion at this time. And this also goes back to Big Show being that kind of utility guy that we always talk about, you know, he could throw him in anything, even though he turns heel and face more than anybody else. He was a perfect utility guy and a perfect threat for anybody in, in these situations. And the match ends in the only way possible with McMahon getting his comeuppance, uh, getting shoved in the Big Show's ass, <laughs> ass, and DX gets the victory, and this feud would end because these two, DX and McMahon, they would feud over the summer when DX reformed in June. And the McMahons were constantly trying to take out DX with the Spirit Squad and other McMahon allies. And after this, DX would go on the feud with Team Rated RKO. Next up, uh, Trish Stratus 
challenging Lita for the women's title. I thought the video package was an excellent montage of Trisha's career and her rivalry throughout the years with Lita. It shows basically that Lita as the face in 2000 with the Hardys and Trish with TNA as the heel to now. And almost throughout the entire rivalry, Trish was always the heel. So it's nice to see the tables actually turn here with Lita being the actual heel. And Lita's the perfect opponent for Trish to go out on. I thought this match was actually really good for his time. And Lita was never going to knock knock you out with her ring work. She had pretty unorthodox style. But I think for the final match, they saved their best for last. Perfect fashion. Trish wins in her hometown with the sharpshooter. Really torquing it in on Lita. Way better than Dwayne. And, and wins her then record 7th women's title. That record has been since shattered by Ashley Flair. Lita will go on to regain the title the following month at Cyber Sunday before dropping the title to Mickey James in her retirement match at the Survivor Series. So both Trish and Lita retire in 2006 at the top of the game. Enough cannot be said about those two. Definitely pioneers in the division. We still see them here and there nowadays, but for their time, they were excellent in their division. Before Carlito versus Randy Orton, we get Randy Orton saying nobody cares about Trish's retirement. That leads into their, his match with Carlito. I thought these guys were put in a rough spot because they were essentially the cooldown match. But <clears throat> they got around eight minutes and they made the best of it. I was real, never really a big Carlito fan, but when he put his dancing shoes on, he was a really joy to watch. And it's interesting for me to see a young cocky Randy Orton here at this point. Uh, the Rand versus the Randy Orton now. The Randy Orton now is climbing up to me, climbing up to be my favorite version of Randy Orton. Still to this day, is the 0304 Orton for me, but. A young cocky Randy Orton, nonetheless. He had an excellent match with Carlito. I highly recommend watching this match. Orton gets the win with a springboard RKO on Carlito. And Randy Orton is your winner. And in the next week, he would form team rated RKO with Edge. Now, speaking of Edge, that leads to the TLC match for the WWE Championship. Edge versus John Cena. Edge would debut his rated R spinner, the, the Raw after SummerSlam. Edge says he's never lost a TLC match, but I, that was a lie. He lost TLC three on SmackDown. Benoit was still alive at this time, but I'll let that go. Uh, there's a currently, there's current, like I said, at the top of the show. There's a current documentary on the network of WWE Untold about this match. I recommend everybody watching that. I think Edge may have been Cena's best foil over his career. Now the Punk stuff for Cena that came a little bit later. He faced Orton so many times, but when you think about the stuff with Edge, you felt the intensity and the chemistry was always there. And these two always had an amazing matches. I don't recall these two having to ever having a bad match. And I still think this is my favorite singles TLC match. And this was back when the TLC match didn't have a bunch of bells and whistles. You didn't come down and there was uh, a, 10, 10 ladders in a row and tables stacked on top of each other to actually Get ready for the match. It was just two or three ladders, two or three tables, and that was it. And you went when you went from there. And I thought this match told an excellent story. I, I think the match still holds up. Edge basically playing to the fact that this is his hometown. He got a hell of an ovation playing up to this match because he had a lot of strategy in this match. But Cena outsmarts Edge and gives him a FU through off the top of the ladder through two tables, one of the roughest spots. I will ever see, you will ever see a wrestling, and it's a, it's a miracle that he was standing the next night. So John Cena is your WWE champion. There's a match that you watch this week. I highly recommend this one. If anything, go to your WWE Network, go to Unforgiven 2006, and check out this TLC match. I still think it's the best 
singles TLC match, and it holds up, and I would love to hear what you guys have to think about it. I highly recommend it. So, for the rest of the, for, so for the rest of the week, uh, you guys will get Clash of Champions on Thursday, Clash of Champions preview on Thursday. You'll get the Clash of Champions review the following week, and the next the next few weeks is going to be interesting for you guys. So after the Clash of Champions review and preview, we will ha- we will have No Mercy two thousand eight on October seventh and. October 15th, we're going to go sideways and go to TNA Bound for Glory 2009. And then on the 22nd and 29th, it's all about Hell in a Cell. So, that's it for the show tonight, guys. Make sure to subscribe and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. And also head over to whatamaneuver.net for your Mad Madness gear. Ringside Collectibles, use promo code MMADNESS to save 10% off your order. That's it for the show. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd, and we'll see you guys talking next all week. This madness. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope, about the land with this elbow. Got them now, put them down right now, hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.